Necessity of effort for advancing God's kingdom. Going the extra mile. So here's some, some scriptures I want to I wanna start as a springboard. Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. Jesus says, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for one mile, carry it two miles. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for Whatever one sows, that will he reap, also reap. For the one who sows his own flesh will, will, flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows in the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And I love this scripture. Sometimes I got to read the scripture to myself over and over. Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, and you still do. Praise the Lord. So the two law didn't read is this. The summary is building a great church requires great people who are willing to put forth great effort, intelligently handle inconvenience, and make sacrifices with a smile. Effort, inconvenience, and sacrifice. Effort, inconvenience, and sacrifice. So also in life, see, the same principles to build a great church, you could build a great life, right? And so effort, Comfort and discomfort, willingness to sacrifice are all important pillars to building a fulfilling life, right? In your finances, in your physical health, in your relationships, we need effort, inconvenience, and sacrifice. You want a great marriage? Brother, you need effort, you need to deal with inconvenience, with grace, and you need to learn to sacrifice with a smile. See, one thing I learned is entropy, gravity, inertia, or there's a book called The Art of the, the war of art, right? It talks about resistance, right? A natural inclination to be lazy, a natural inclination not to finish things, right? So entropy, gravity, inertia, resistance, and age is real. In Alice in Wonderland, it says, my dear, here we must run as fast as we can just to stay in place. And if you go anywhere, you must run twice as fast as that. That's, so, that, that's wisdom right there for some of us. See, I read that you have to, sometimes you have to get ahead just to stay even. Pat Riley, the basketball coach says, great effort springs naturally from great attitude. You ever eat, like, you, you, you ever realize, like, you, you can gain two pounds by eating a three-ounce cupcake, <laughs> right? It's like that entropy, that that gravity, that, that whatever it is, is so real. So when a church doesn't put effort, when members don't put effort, it goes backwards. When members can't deal with the inconvenience of God's calling, the church can't go forward. If members don't know how to sacrifice, the church can't build. It's not just a church fam, it's our lives.
So effort is the best indicator of interest. I saw that image. I said, oh, that's pretty good. So let's talk about big rock number one, effort. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not just human masters. The Defining the word effort is a rigorous or determined attempt. John Ruskin said, quality is never an accident. It's the result of intelligent effort. Marvin Phillips said, the difference between try and triumph is a little umph. Oh, that's a word. Somebody needs a little more umph. Glorious Pitcher said, about the only thing that comes to us without effort is old age. Ouch. I wrote some scriptures on my other notes here. John 638. Let's look at John 9, 4. It says, we must work the work who set me, we must work the works of him who set me as long as his day, night is coming when no one could work. John 5, 17 says, my father's always at work to this very day. And Jesus says, I am too uh, working. We need to put in effort. Brothers and sisters, if you want to bench press more than Pastor Ed, right? You want to bench press three, two plates, three big plates, right? You gotta put some effort. You can't just lift the bar 45 pounds over and over for eight reps for three sets and think you're gonna get strong. You have to put in the effort. You want a great marriage? Effort. You want, you want your kids to do well in school? Model effort. So let's reflect, the next step. Reflect on your current level effort in your service to the kingdom and how you and I can increase that effort. I read this uh, in a sermon illustration website, What a Child Needs to Succeed. In 1986, a group of researchers published a study of Japanese mothers and mothers in Minneapolis. The mothers were asked to rank the most important thing that a child needs to succeed academically. The answers tell us a lot about the difference of our two cultures. The mother in Minneapolis chose ability and the mother in Japan said effort. Brothers and sisters, we need to put effort for God's kingdom. Uh, I once heard about a young boy in Africa who gave a gift of a beautiful seashell to his missionary English teacher. The thing is the only place to find the beautiful specimen was a full day and a half trek to a secluded cove by the sea. The teacher was overwhelmed with the gift and said, you shouldn't have gone all the way just to give me a gift. And the boy answered, the long walk is also part of the gift. Are you willing to do the long walks for the Lord? The long walks for the kingdom. So let's get to the next big idea. Following Jesus, prepare to be inconvenienced. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand inconvenience. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Confucius says, An inconvenience is an unrecognized opportunity. God is sometimes a God of inconvenience. In the Old Testament, God called Abraham, son of Terah, right? T-E-R-A-H. For what, for what Jewish historians say, Abraham had a good life. He had money. He had family. His father was, um, you know, Jewish. 
uh, oral tradition, says his father was highly respected by Nimrod, right? The most popular, powerful king at that time. But Abraham had a calling. And he was willing to be inconvenienced for the covenant. Let's think about Moses, right? Moses is on the run. He Think about it. He's on the run from Egypt, the most powerful super force, superpower of that time, right? He's on the run. He finds this little area. I think it's in, uh, in Iraq. He finds a new family. He loves his father, Lord Jethro. He loves his wife. He got a job, right? And then God calls him to go back to Egypt, to risk his life and go back to Egypt. That must have been an inconvenience. Look at Jesus' inconvenience, right? When Jesus starts his ministry, he goes into the fisherman's boat. He said, can I go into your boat to preach, right? And the boat, their vessels were everything, right? That was their pride and joy. That was their money. That was their family. That was everything, their identity. And they, and they had to be inconvenienced. Zacchaeus, right? He goes on the tree to look at Jesus, and Jesus calls him by name, and he says, I'm coming to your house. I hope that food is good. It's like he's had to organize a dinner party. You had ever, you have any, you ever had anybody come and say, "Hey, I'm stopping by in the last minute. You gotta clean that house, get food. You gotta go to Sea Town." That must have been an inconvenience, but there was a blessing that inconvenience for Zacchaeus. The blind man. There's a blind man. Jesus spits his eyes, put mud, says, "Go wash yourself in a lake." All that is inconvenience, but hidden inconvenience was a miracle, was a miracle of vision. Many of you guys have no vision for your life because you're not willing to be inconvenienced for the kingdom of God. One time this man snuck into the temple. He had a withered hand. You're not supposed to go into the temple with a withered hand. And Jesus says, you want me to heal you? Stick your hand out. Risk embarrassment. Risk banishment. Risk getting canceled. Stick your hand out. And the man stuck his hand out and it was healed. Watch Jesus tell pro fishermen how to fish. And he said, throw the net on the right side. And then they had to be like, all right, I'm a professional fisherman. You're like a rabbi with no yeshiva, but I'm going to listen to you. There was a miracle hidden in the inconvenience. One time this man said, Jesus, my daughter's dying. She's sick. And Jesus says, let's roll. And then while going there, a woman with an issue of blood touches Jesus and causes a scene, and, and, and Jesus speaks to her. And that man's probably saying, let's go, Jesus, let's go. We went this way, fam. And Jesus is stopping and addressing the woman and, and sharing and having a, a, a scriptural sacred moment. But the man had to wait. He had to be inconvenienced. What about the apostles? Jesus sends them out in twos. To go heal, cast out demons, preach the gospel, the kingdom. They come back, they review, and then this crowd comes, and, G and Jesus says, you got to feed them. Put them in groups of hundreds. Inconvenience. So the next step is identify inconvenience you face in serving the kingdom. Coming to church once a month? In person? One Saturday a month? And you can't do that? And I'm not even just talking about the church. That's going to leak into other areas in your life. So I pray that God will give us the wisdom and the ability to deal with inconvenience. Now, last point is sacrifice. Offer your body as a living sacrifice to God. We know that. We have to embrace sacrifice, right? We have to give effort. We have to deal with inconvenience. And we have to embrace sacrifice with a smile. 
Matthew 16, 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So there were sacrifices were big in the Old Testament. The burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering. And now we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, imitating Christ as a complete devotion to God. This is how we find uh, God's will. Sacrifices baked into the cake. And then this feast, right? And, and, and there's a feast of Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, First fruits, harvest, trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacle. Plus, they also had the New Moon Feast, the Sabbath Year Feast. They added Purim. They added Hanukkah. Right? These people were all. These people were called to party. These people were called to reflect and remember what God has done for their lives. You know, um, the feast talks about appointed time, right? And so you had a sacrifice at a different appointed time. And you had to come together and you had a feast and you, you had a, a, what's the word Petey says? Pilgrimage for the kingdom of God. And God wants us to honor him by offering ourselves as living sacrifice, remembering Christ's sacrifice and willing to sacrifice for others with a smile. And God institutes these feasts and these sacrifices so people could remember, so they could have a trigger, so they could set up their life in scheduled times, right, when the moon does certain things and the sun does something and the weather does certain things, to remember where God has taken them and to remember where we're going. Brothers and sisters, I want you to remember that God is still calling us to sacrifice, not lambs and turtle doves, but to offer ourselves, our talents, our treasure, uh, our time, to offer our ego, to offer our, uh, our worship as a living sacrifice. Mitch Album, who wrote some popular books, um, he says, sacrifice is a part of life. It's supposed to be. Um, this thing. It's not something to regret. It's something to inspire to. Brothers and sisters, we're spiritually wired to sacrifice. Um, and, and, you know, we're supposed to sacrifice a part of our present to build a better future. And the enemy has come in to tell everybody to sacrifice their future for a better present. Sacrifice is giving up something now to have a better tomorrow. Debt is giving up a better tomorrow to have something now. Sacrifice is giving up something for a higher principle. It's saying it's more important to me to pursue, pursue this higher aim, this heavenly aim, than to enjoy what I have in the present. So what's the next step? To identify areas of life where we can make sacrifices for God's kingdom. Main thing is time and treasure. I pray for their courage to follow through and trust in God's provision. So in conclusion, <laughs> Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I love this quote from earlier. The difference between try and triumph is a little up. So let's commit to giving God our best effort, embracing the inconvenience and sacrifice and trusting in God's provision and guidance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the Holy Spirit that you teach us to give good effort in all we do for our health, for our finances, our relationships, and your kingdom. 
Teach us, Lord, to 